This is the Future of Device Management Podcast, brought to you by Fleet. I'm your host, Zach Wasserman, CTO and co-founder of Fleet. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. Hello and welcome. We're here today with Matt X. He's the founder and organizer of Mac DevOps YVR and a Mac admin himself. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for inviting me today. This is awesome. Happy to have you on. So, Matt, we, we, we like to start the show by asking folks, what's your story? So, for you, you know, how did you get into the Mac admins world and, and, and how did you end up where you're at today? Uh, definitely I dragged in kicking and screaming. Uh, <laughs> I was in university for many years uh, reading a lot of books, uh, something I haven't done in a while. But uh, reading books, is uh, I was a philosophy communications uh, book lover and uh, never thought I'd get a real job or do anything like that. But apparently the reality of paying bills, being an adult, <laughs> it, <laughs> it can inspire and inspire you. So um uh, being at university, I got really, really curious about Unix. I was never good enough to be in CompSci, but we had to actually learn Unix to do anything. Um, you know, after you launched your mail or got into your, your uh, you know, if you accidentally launched VI, you know, even that was a, you know, a, a super level, uh, you know, um, a master trick uh, to get out of VI. But, you know, you can either stop there or keep going. So I actually found a Unix for Dummies book. Um, and I would just read that on the bus, taking the bus to school every day, university. It, was, it seemed even more interesting sometimes than my philosophy books. And I just kept trying to learn new things uh, in the Unix uh, days, you know, like building websites. You had to learn, you know, like what directories were in Unix, how to move around, how to how to run programs. And, and it went, went way, way from there. And um, I wasn't running Linux yet at that time, though some people were doing that. Um, but I just happened to stumble into... Um, a job at an art school and I was building computer labs uh, and then all of a sudden uh, pulling cable and setting up labs turned into, Hey, OS 10 just came out. And so all the Unix stuff that I thought would never ever be used again, I got to use uh, with Mac OS 10. And now I was learning to admin it with not just, you know, navigate in uh, a Unix environment. Um, and it's funny, it's still the case now that all the Cocoa apps uh, from the beginning all use the same key bindings as Emacs. So the control keys. So, I was just like, control E, control A, control T, you know, it was like, and just like all the commands that I would use in those silly, like text editors. And so I felt really at home and, you know, all the Unix uh, Solaris people around me at the time in the, in the school were showing me all these cool, like X windows and how to set your path and all these things, you know, just like all the world was opening up. Um, and, uh, so being in different art schools and private schools, and then uh, Apple came out with NetBoot and NetRestore. So we we're imaging like hundreds and hundreds of computers over the network. Um, and that was uh, really, really cool. And just the whole Unix world was, you know, started shell scripting and, and scripting stuff. Um, uh, before <laughs> there was much configuration management or I knew how to use it, we would be using, remote desktop to throw a script and set the cron table to run the script, you know, on certain machines. And then uh, totally by accident, a friend of mine got me a job in visual effects, which was starting to be really, really huge. And Apple had bought Shake and had uh, was just about to launch XN, uh, SAN storage, and they had XServes, their server hardware and their XServe RAID. 
And a friend of mine just wanted, he wanted a different job. So he just said, Hey, Matt's the smartest guy I know. And he just said, Matt, don't say anything and just, just, uh, shut your mouth and, 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 and you'll figure it out. And so it took me a long time to, Oh, this is a license server. Oh, this is a, a render farm. Uh, well, this is a mail server. Like, it was like my, uh, we always learn things, um, as needed on a project by project basis, you know, and, and it still continues. Right. And so, when you're faced with a, a challenge, <laughs> you have to uh, meet it. And so, yeah, you know, um, that, that job in visual effects, I, I learned a lot and my bosses uh, were really excited about technology. And so I learned about storage and then from storage and sand storage, learned about backups and from render farms, learned about like render queue systems and, and pipelines and how to like, you know, get 3d and 2d and all these different departments to work together and the whole flow of data and, um, because the sand blew up a couple times, um, I had to learn about backups and archives, and uh, and now uh, you know my my day job is running sort of like creative workflows, so basically backup storage, uh, archives, the whole workflow, how to capture stuff from cameras from on set, and uh, uh, but also part of that was just now it's you know hey there's monkey and monkey report, and then you know later OS query and all these open source tools, and just learning how to how to learn all those different tools. Um, uh, yeah, so it uh, it slowly evolved. I Matt, I love the idea that you kind of stumbled into doing DevOps with like these you know shell scripts uh, set up through cron and all of that, like kind of by necessity in in a time before uh, the, the the chefs and and puppets and all of that were well known and and well before MDM, I assume. Yes, well, well before MDM. I mean, uh, I mean, I was definitely I was working, but very underpaid and overworked. I was working a hundred hour or weeks sometimes in visual effects and not getting paid anything really. And um, you know, I had to beg and and steal to get to MacWorld IT and to meet other people in San Francisco and to meet people that were working in you know many different enterprises and companies. And I remember. Uh, there was a Unix for basics or a Unix for dummies uh, sort of session. And I was like, ah, I know everything about Unix, but sometimes it's really nice to just check on the basics. And I just like looked in the door and the person had a slide up saying, oh yeah, with SSH, you can just send a command right away in the SSH session, like without even doing anything and logging in. I'm like, oh my God, that's genius. I built a whole pipeline system on that one concept. I just put, hooked my head in the door and never, never thumb your nose at the basics. The basics, you, you just, sometimes it's good to remind yourself and you always learn something. But but yeah, going to those like Macworld <clears throat> ITs and then later on Mac Tech session the conferences, that's where you learned, you know, like you met people and they would show you different ways of doing things. That's when you all of a sudden go, oh, what's Puppet? Oh, what's Chef? What's configuration management? You know, like, I was like a one person sysadmin usually for companies that would run almost 24 hours a day. And, you know, like I was living on mail lists ever since the beginning and you'd learn from people all over the world and people would call me from all over the world about XN cause I was the one guy, one doing it and talking about it. And I was just a dummy, but learning it. And so people would call me like literally call me cause I have my, my signature, my email, but you know, you go to these conferences and you're trying to meet other people going, how do you do things? How do you, how do you do things? Like, what is the way, you know, like the, I didn't go to school to, to learn any of this stuff. So you, you learn as much as you can from other people and you're, you're eternally grateful when you pick up things and, you know, the early conference organizers that, um, that organized those conferences really helped me, uh, to meet other people. Uh, you know, I met so many good friends at the Macworld in San Francisco. Um, uh, yeah. And occasionally I did some training, but, um, yeah, that's, that's where you learn stuff and that's how you, <laughs> that's how you grow. Um, 
Yeah. And I mean, I could say really similar things about uh, Mac DevOps YVR. You know, I've, I've made some great connections there, learned a lot of things uh, from that conference. And you know, I have you to thank for making that happen. So I'm curious, like, how did you go from being a, a very grateful attendee of some of these other conferences to the humble organizer of uh, <laughs> MDO YVR? Uh, lots of ignorance and optimism. I mean, uh, I, I, the one one base principle I had was um, I, I was tired of traveling. My kids were really young, um, and it was really tough to work hundred hour weeks, and it was really tough to go traveling for a week to go to a conference. Uh, you know, um, go to Cupertino, go to Apple HQ to learn some like Final Cut server technology that's now dead. But you go there for a week to learn, but you're away from your family, and it's really tough. And, and then I'd go to these cool conferences and then I'd hear a little bit about Monkey or a little bit about this, but the whole conference wasn't about that. And even though my day job was storage and, and backups and I could talk about raids all day and on the, all that kind of stuff, uh, I was really curious because I was like, I really don't know anything about Monkey. I really don't know anything about Python programming. I really, and then started hearing about GitHub and Git and version control. I was like, I really don't know anything about this stuff. I was like, I need a conference about the stuff that all the stuff I don't know about that seems really important and, and focused on how do we help each other because people were writing Python scripts and sharing them. People were starting projects and sharing. But I was like, how do we teach people not, you know, like, you know, programmer solve problems that they have usually I the problem I had was I need to learn all these stuff so I'm going to start a conference um and I thought you know Vancouver people would want to come and I could maybe hang out with my kids more and not travel and people would come to Vancouver and um uh, yeah it, it worked out uh, really really well because people really wanted to come to Vancouver no matter how bad my conference was and then every year it got a little bit better and more and more people came and people loved just hanging out and um yeah it's it's um it's it's been a really enjoyable project. That's that's so cool. And how many years is it of MDO IVR now? I think we started in 2015. Um, yeah. Wow. It's so uh, five or so years in person, and then a couple of years of online. Yeah, yeah. It was like 2015 was the first, and then uh, there was like four years of. I think we're getting better at doing it in person. And then I call 2020 to 2022 the sort of three missing years, you know, but we did it all in Discord. Um, and some people really hate the idea of online conferences because they love in person. They love the hallway track. They love hanging out. They love, you know, I mean, what's not the love? But other people just absolutely adored online conferences, not because maybe we were doing it the best, but they just loved any chance to hang out. People still wanted the idea that they could hang out and and even virtually in Discord, I think, before Slack added audio and stuff like that. We had we were using Discord to record our podcast, uh, which we started to try and just sort of, you know, bring the community together and, and, and interview people before the conference. But we were like, hey, Discord has these cool audio channels. And we use that as, as live sort of Q&A. And we had live uh, sessions on YouTube streaming. Uh, but we thought that the discussion in Discord was a bit more safe and um and 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 live and really nice and so uh yeah people really enjoy that and you know it's maybe suboptimal compared to everybody being in person but the people who loved it also were like oh we don't have money we don't have permission we don't have the time to travel you know we're not i mean i, I hate to say it like being able to travel is privilege you have money you have time you have a job that lets you go that's not going to fire you for leaving i mean when i wanted to go when apple in 2006 invited me to talk about xn 
um, to a conference and say, hey, Matt, you're doing XN. We want you to talk to this this conference. And my job's like, you leave, you're fired. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like, wow. Yeah, also, you know, oh, Apple's inviting you to do something. Go. Yeah, go and you're fired. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, not everybody can just leave their job and, and you know, <laughs> you know, it's like. So, uh, you know, I'm really torn between online. I love online and I love, uh, you know, in real life too. So I know a lot of people really appreciated being online because they can just jump in and join and people were giving talks from Tokyo and Australia and, you know, uh, Sharville was going to be from India, but he did actually show up in Vancouver. So somewhere in a covert hotel room, but, you know, it's like, you know, the cool, the concept that everybody could give a talk from anywhere is really nice. And, um, yeah, how do we reconcile that uh, less than ideal online, but, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and, you know, it's also, uh, I don't know, it's it's a, it's an extra, you know, safety precaution to take planes and go places and hang out. I mean, yeah. I don't wish COVID on anyone. I don't wish anyone getting sick. Even a bad case of the flu is no fun. Um, so, um, yeah. Do I do both now? Do I do on in-person conferences and online, you know? Um I don't know. <laughs> We're at a crossroads. Um, I'm hoping everybody can help me decide. Do we do it in person next year? Do we do both? Um, um, I'm, yeah. I'm... Yeah. And, and Matt, one of my favorite things about you and the Mac DevOps uh, conference is just like how community oriented uh, you are and that event is and how that's a place where I think a lot of people have gotten their start, their, their first time ever speaking at a conference uh, or maybe a first time attending a conference. And you've always, you've always, I think, fostered a really great culture of, of collaboration and community. What would you like, what would you attribute that great culture to coming from? Well, there's just so many people in the community that love sharing and love contributing. I mean, people that have started projects, um, uh, there's just an amazing amount of awesome people in the Macamins community. So uh, that that really helps. Um, I was inspired by DevOps Days, which had some sessions in Vancouver and they've, they've been all over the world. But I was inspired by how they could, I don't know, for lack of a better word, sort of bootstrap sort of a, a conference together and get people to talk. And so I was really inspired by their, their sort of lightning talks, which um, I just thought everyone solved the problem. And so how can we get people to just share that one thing, that one story, that one, and, and I, yeah, I, I naively uh, and very ignorantly thought I could reinvent conferences and make them all better right away, but it, it's going to take mul multiple years perhaps. But I've, I've tried, I always try to give myself really, really high goals. And I, you know, I think you should be okay with not meeting those goals or failing at them and then keep trying. So I was just like, you know, we need new speakers. We don't need all the same rock stars, even though I love all my rock star friends. Um, I just said, how do we encourage people to share something that they solved? How do we get more women up on the podium? How do we get how do we get a diverse community? How do we find people? How do we help people that can't leave their job and need money and funding? And so, you know, I spend a lot of money trying to get people to the conference to pay their hotels, pay their flights, you know. I mean, I was all, uh, thankful for the people at you know Facebook and Google and everybody that could come out in the first couple of years that just paid their own way and had no problem. They're like, Matt, yeah, we'll be there. You're making a conference, no problem. I mean, that really helps. But I mean, how do you, you know, when you have to pay for people to come that, so, you know, I'm so thankful for sponsors and people chipping in when I said, hey, I really want to help pay for some people to get here so we can have a diverse crew and, and, and give people a chance. And, and uh, so, yeah, it, it, 
it's, <laughs> I set stupid high goals and, you know, I keep failing at them, but every year we get a little bit better. And I think that, you know, people love to help and contribute. And, and, uh, so you can't, can't, can't stop trying. Right. Failing higher and higher. As far as <laughs> I can tell, if you want to, if you want to call it failing, it seems like a, a, a great success to me. I, I think it's, it's really interesting, uh, that, that, the community orientation of, of Mac DevOps is, is also a reflection of Mac admins in general. I think when I look at things like the, the Mac admin Slack or some of the amazing open source projects out there like micro MDM, like nudge, uh, so much cool, like monkey, so much cool stuff that, that Mac admins have built and, and shared with each other. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts as to like how this community became so cohesive in that way and so oriented around sharing and around community. I mean, they're just a bunch of really nice people uh, and they just love each other and there's just so much love and, and seeing the DevOps community and like, you know, someone like Emily Freeman who is always pushing the the love angle and, and just, just this, this, I saw this, this, infrastructure as code code is infrastructure you know and i saw this this light bulb went off and seeing the code that people were writing in the mac admins community and i think those things are solely sort of merged together is like hey we're writing the code that is our infrastructure um and people were really encouraging about hey you know just learn about git learn about github and you know help us with our documentation you know make some pull requests and um, I mean, I've tried really hard, you know, obviously, uh, very self-interestedly to help the monkey report community cause I've been using monkey report a lot. And so organizing like, you know, meetings and workshops. And sometimes when you see a pull, uh, pull requests or you see, you know, uh, things in the Slack channel, that's one thing, but you have an asynchronous back and forth between multiple time zones. But if you force everyone into a terrible time zone, real time chat, you know, we have a, a really good meetup and, I've had a bunch of those, um, and I just like it when we can actually discuss things, and um, it's it's <clears throat> it's been fun, and I, I love it when people get excited. So when I you know I saw what you were doing with with Fleet, and you know I, just seeing what you're doing is just I, I get really excited, and I want to try stuff, and that to me is like. I try to be in as many Slack channels and, and, and Twitter, and especially in the beginning, was great at showing people from different communities excited about whether it's infosec, uh, you know, security, engineering, um, and I get excited by other people that they definitely feed me, and I want to help them and I want to connect them together. Um, so that really, that's that's super for me is um, is helping others. Yeah. Yeah, and Matt, your your enthusiasm is infectious, and I've always really appreciated being around you and around your projects, and just seeing the positive energy and the the collaborative effort, kind of lifting everyone up. I love that so much. So you know, thank you for doing all of that. I mean, I couldn't have a thousand kids, so I just thought I start a com community or start a conference, and everyone could be my my kids. Not in a bad way, I hope, but just I want to be the nice dad that encourages everybody. I mean, I just I love seeing other people working on cool stuff, and I really want to encourage them. And I I do believe in everybody, and I see I see good things happening. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears a, a little bit, I'd love to kind of like reflect on. Uh, on the past and and look towards the future what would you say have been some of the biggest changes in like the work of being a mac admin since you started i mean uh, in the corporate enterprise sort of official apple way 
I mean, uh, MDM is, is, is like the biggest, you know, stake in the ground. Things are changing. And I definitely, like any good Mac admin, ignored it for as long as I could, saying, I'm not touching this. Forget it. Like, <laughs> But when I finally realized it could do some things that were helpful for my clients and users, you know, by actually making those dialog boxes go away, that was one of the first things I did was, like, try to get some of the hardware that we were using to um, not ask the you know users to authorize them or to you know wait so I could whitelist them with you know kernel extensions and that was one of the beginnings of like oh this one thing is going to be useful and then after that you realize okay there's a lot of things in MDM that are useful but I mean despite you know uh, knowing people that are using Chef and Puppet and everything I've always just sort of stuck with Monkey as my configuration management which is very silly but it actually is pretty powerful in, ter- in terms of I want this. I want this installed. I want this uninstalled. I want these things to happen, scripts, everything. So, um, you know, that the monkey has always been like the, the Swiss army knife that can do everything. But over the years, you know, like it's, it's being able to do less because of security. So you have to learn lots of other tools. And so, uh, we're leaning on MDM and not in a bad way, but in a good way, just, you got to embrace what it can do. Um, I definitely can't spend all day complaining about things that aren't there anymore because, you know, life changes and nothing's personal. You just got to keep moving on. You know, it's like um, and, and and the tech changes, um, do your best to follow along. And then the rest is just helping people. Um, but uh, yeah. The, awesome. And and what do you think? How do you anticipate things will change over the coming years? Any thoughts on on what's coming or what Mac admins should be expecting, or preparing for? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the the big stake in the ground was MDM, yes, and but the the the, the underlying movement that was also there that sort of inspired Mac DevOps was like you know uh, software as a service, the cloud, um, you know, as someone who runs a lot of storage and stuff on prem, the movement away of on prem, you know, to other people's data centers. Um, whether you your your website relies on Facebook or Instagram, or whether you're using like Airtable and databases, and you're you're doing everything, you know, you've got like a fleet instance or Monkey Report or Monkey in the Cloud. I mean, a lot of people that were running Monkey on prem suddenly moved to the cloud because oh, the pandemic and everybody's remote and everybody's on the wrong side of the firewall, you know. And so I think you know the corporate uh, firewall, uh, you know. Uh, things, but uh, the underlying thing I think that helped to also inspire Mac DevOps was just the Git version control. Um, GitHub was a big one. Just putting your code, working on code, even if you're one person, committing your code, um, and you know, don't just you know. Before that, it was a lot of gist. People would write one-off Python scripts. What if we could work on, like, I've worked on a bunch of different little modules for Monkey Report and some other projects, and. And I was working with a programmer friend of mine who's like, you know, good at programming. And, um, and I'm more like the, the business case, you know, business logic. We'd work on just with GitHub. I was like, hey, check in your code. We'll work on it. Um, and then we'll check it back instead of just, you know, don't Slack me or email me a Python script. Just, you know, we have a whole mechanism getting people into that rhythm of, of working back and forth. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, different different projects like that, uh, just being able to work together, I think that helps people to learn how to work in companies uh, where you're, you're sharing code and you can audit the code and you can sanity check the code and you can, um, I think I think that, that helps, you know, from the monolithic software as a service where there's one admin that logs in and does whatever they want to, someone can, can make a change request, you know, I mean, 
there's 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 problems with either side if you exaggerate and you have to wait forever for a change to happen you just want it to happen now but um hopefully with version control you can roll back um yeah and it's some in some sense it seems to me like the professionalization of being mac admins where a lot of folks uh like you i think stumbled into it and worked jobs where they made you work 100 hours and they didn't even think it was worth letting you go to present uh, at Apple even. And now we're in a place where these these tools and workflows are becoming so much more uh, well-documented and, and standardized where going to speak at conferences is an honor that a lot of employers will pay for you to go do that kind of thing. Uh, so to me, that's a that's a exciting trend and i think that so many of the folks like you who've who've worked hard to you know bring an a higher level of of kind of excellence to this work are, are to thank for for seeing this trend well i mean somebody has to help people and recognize the people that are doing the cool stuff and we have to be there to booster um you know the people that are you know um, out there uh doing cool stuff like when prima was on Twitter championing herself going, Hey, I did this cool thing. Who's paying attention. And I'm like, I'm paying attention. You are cool. Um, please speak. We'll pay for you. Um, we need more awesome people. You know, the world needs you. Um, uh, I just love seeing, you know, the, the, the vibrant, you know, being online has helped me, you know, enlarge in my communities and follow more people. And I followed a lot more security people. I mean, security is important. I sometimes in my day job fight with corporate security people because there's the people that are doing stuff and there's the people that are, compliance checking which is important but you have these 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 extremes right but in in you know when i'm following following people on twitter it's like just seeing all the cool like women engineers infosec just like this such a huge community and i've gone to a few security conferences and it's been such a delight and joy to see that that's a beautiful community as well and a lot of people sharing what they're learning and sharing learning from sysadmins about how to break things and fix things and and learning how to protect and i think uh bringing these communities together has been has been beautiful. I've been bringing more security people over the years to Mac DevOps, and I think that makes us all better. So, totally. Well, the world needs the world needs you, Matt, as well. <laughs> uh, you're you're spreading a lot of great knowledge and and ultimately, I think, love in in a, a realm where uh, people are spending quite a bit of their energy in their lives. So Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been awesome to, to chat with you. And for folks who are listening, where can they find you? Uh, are you going to be at any conferences uh, in person coming up or online? Uh, are there Where are the best socials to find you? And, and also the news on uh, what's happening with MDOYVR. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can follow us on uh, on uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm Mac VFX because I used to be in Mac Visual Effects, and that's how long I've been on Twitter. <laughs> um, um, but uh, mdoyvr.com is our official website. Uh, Mac DevOps YVR on Twitter. Um, so follow along and let us know if you want to meet up in person again next uh, June 2023, or if you want to do online, or if you want me to do both. Um, I'm crazy and ignorant enough to do it. So just tell me what you want and uh, let, let's let's do it. So, um, I mean, I'd love to see people in Vancouver. So um. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. We'll drop uh, links to those things in the show notes and appreciate everyone for uh, checking out this conversation. Thank you. <laughs>